Welcome to Energetic Influence, where we discuss energy in all its forms, including spiritual, and its influence on us collectively and as individuals. And now your host of Energetic Influence, David Houston. Thanks for joining me again. My completion of the Campfire Story the next day episode is almost complete. There are two sections that have been challenging for the effort and quality that I'm seeking to attain without just having a static image. Actually, I thought what I could do, I could do much, much quicker. And since August, the efforts were met with less than desirable results. Then about a week or two ago, I had an idea, again, using a puppet tool in After Effects, and that delivered an acceptable version. However, I thought, well, I've waited this long, go ahead and try just rendering it as 3D and then making it look cartoonish. And then I'm having other issues that I don't even want to talk about with silly discrepancies. And it's all because I'm downloading free open source 3D models and things like that. Anyway, that's what I occupy my time with when I'm not working outside of the home or in the home or wherever I may be working or finding out what's going on in the world in an attempt to do something about it and to expose it. That's another thing that does get on my nerves that I hear a lot of times. People talk and complain where they share fantastic information, important information, and then they don't do anything about it. They will go to their graves very smart, but yet accomplish very little. So I do my best to be in the camp of those who know and then those who exercise some effort in sharing something with someone, talking to someone about something specific that they can relate to, always attempting to be able to relate it to the person at the level they're at. And I am so thankful that I bet it's been 20 years now. Maybe not. I I don't know how long it's been. And I've probably mentioned it here before, but the chart of consciousness from power versus force or truth versus falsehood really does help to allow an individual that understands that chart. And I'm not saying I do understand it. I get the idea of it for sure. And that is, I am where I am on this chart. And everyone else in the world is at the same place I am or one of the other places on this chart. And so if you're alive and conscious, you're on this chart somewhere. And it's rare to find people exactly where I am on this chart. And it's the chart of consciousness. And if I could show it to you over the audio, I would, but it's a logarithmic scale. And you've got basically the terrible emotional states at the bottom and the wonderful ones at the top. And finding this chart's a bit of a challenge. The author was very diligent in making sure nobody reproduced it, which I thought was kind of silly because it's so wonderful. And on this chart, it just helps to understand a way to recognize where someone is without being overly judgmental to say that this chart is the end all to every decision or 
conclusion to be made about a situation is not what I'm talking about. However, it does help to make sense of where specific individuals are, to make sense of where even certain groups or categories can be analyzed using this chart. And I forget again which book it was, whether it was truth versus falsehood or power versus force, but it begins to rate whole industries and types of occupations and movies and activities in the world against this chart. And the higher on this chart, the better it is for the world, for humanity, for people, for individuals. The lower end of this chart, you don't want to be there. And if you know someone that is there, they don't want to be there either. And the issue going on in the world is many people are slowly going to the lower numbers of this chart. Now, in different areas of their life, this chart is not about money and wealth and the acquisition of such. However, one could have all the money in the world and be low on this chart. And at the same token, one could have all the money in the world and be high numerically on this chart that has nothing to do with money. Because money isn't what determines where you are on this chart. Money is just a means to do something, have something, obtain something, purchase something from an individual level. Now, in the hands of those who issue the money or regulate the money, then there comes a level of control. But to see how easy the world is being manipulated, being coerced, being corralled into the acceptance of such a degrading of quality, a degrading of everything that is beneficial. Now, you may enjoy something that is not beneficial. And most of the time, there's a consequence that comes with that. Sometimes the enjoyment of something that is not beneficial begins small over time and then turns into regular use. And one could say drugs, alcohol, tobacco, and where one might receive a feeling, ah, all your woes and cares of the world are gone because you just took a hit off your cigarette. Or nowadays, I guess it's a vape. And you, you might even hit that vape long and hard because you feel like it makes you feel better. But the consequences are shortening of your life. And that degradation started definitely, well, the degradation definitely started probably before Eden, since there's a lot of evidence talking about what took place before Adam and the corruption that began long, long ago. And as this chaotic wave permeates the world, the universe, the planes of existence that we humans exist on, and even, you know, well, we, we do exist in the 3D world, even though we're not traveling in space other than on the planet. And even then, there's those who want to have arguments flatter sphere. When it comes down to it, the spiritual realm and the physical realm coexist in the same universe of time. And so in the universe of time, you have the physical world that I can look at, see, touch, taste, smell, hear, 
field and I am not necessarily privy to the spiritual world around me unless I am or you are. One can't see the myriad of electromagnetic waves and radiation around us since our eyes are only tuned to the visible spectrum, but it's infinite in both directions of the infrared to the ultraviolet. And within those spectrums, you've got all the other forms of radiation that we've become aware of in our scientific or experimental understandings. We even have inventions, lasers, telecommunications, and you have the subtle energies that enough people talk about the experience they have with them, and we know they're valid. It's just the controlling of them, and that's where the human machine interface they want so bad comes in, is because our thoughts are energy. Our thoughts do produce electromagnetic waves in our brains, and we do form memories through the chemical compositions that are associated with those formations and those basically 3D electrical stimuli radiances that crisscross our synapses every moment of our life, that would be the, let's see, I don't know how to, well, I've only been made aware of this word this week, orchitariat. And orchitariat is a dwelling place for the spirit. Uh, in the Bible, it's used twice, one in Jude chapter 1, verse 6. And it is the word chose to represent the dwelling place of the spirits that commingled with the humans and are sent to Tartarus. But the dwelling place of a spirit, the Orchitariat, there's other references to that. And I don't know where the other one is. Like I said, I just heard about it. But it's interesting because... There is this desire for the for the globalists or the evildoers of the world to well, they want to do a lot of things. One, they want to contact the spirit realm, and maybe they are, maybe they know how, maybe they pretend like they don't know how, and they secretly do know how, and that's where all the rituals come in, and that's where all the high weirdness takes place with gadgets like CERN and so forth. And that's a very expensive gadget, but a gadget nonetheless. And their desire is to clearly thin the veil between both the physical and the spiritual. But then the 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 desire for the AI to come alive. And that is such a ridiculous notion that I can say I actually had. I didn't call it that, but I wanted a robot when I was a kid. I wanted to be able to have a robot. I thought it would have been the coolest thing, along with my jetpack and the ability to beam me up and the ability to do all those Star Trekky, Star Wars things. But I didn't know what the ramifications of that might be. Now, it would be super cool as if you did have an AI that wasn't woke, that you could feed in all of the parameters, all the valid scientific for real things, and ask it valid questions and get it to consider combinations or connections of notions in the world that we may have yet not figured out. And so I I think a non-woke AI platform for large language models would be fantastic that you could feed into it, say, information on chemical propulsion and rocketry and aerodynamics. And that would be within the physical plane of the atmosphere. Or what about in the supposed outer space where 
there's much less friction. Are we still hindered at the speeds? What kind of combinations of electromagnetic gadgets can we put together to create a warp bubble and travel to the stars without it taking millions of years? That's where AI would, I think, help humanity. And knowing that what we know of is years behind what's developed, that's a given in any industry. So hopefully the people like Mike Adams with the health database will be spearheading the small teams to come together to do something super cool for humanity that benefits humanity and doesn't want to control, doesn't want to extract more and more wealth up into the point of death because it is a cycle. They convince, they coerce, they sicken, then they've convinced that you need the pharmaceutical that you're convinced costs that much and that goes on and you know till you are no more and they've extracted all that energy from you all that money from you so see you take your energy and you turn it into money now this is regular working people these aren't the people that take money from others and don't provide any effort on making it so I'm hypothetically speaking of strictly people that work so people that work and earn a living convert their living into money. That money is a form of energy, not electromagnetic energy, but energy nonetheless, because energy is the ability to move or do work over time. And you could take money and pay somebody to do some work for you over time. So in a way, money is like energy. And so to extract energy from you where you get up and you go to work and you earn the money and then you pay your bills with Oh, and then you might be taxed. Oh, and then you might be fined. And oh, then you might have this fee. And oh, oh, and now you're back to paycheck to paycheck. And so the usefulness of money, it has its place in our world, but it also has its vulnerabilities of providing the issuer of that money a lot of leverage and a lot of control. And so the, the going over the cliff toward the dead end of the end of the world is all around us. And the Octarian, Octarian, O R C H I T A R I A T E, dwelling place for the spirit. And by offering the masses a delusional notion of uploading their consciousness to some gadget, you accomplish a couple things. You're you're in your mind. You're defeating death, which we know that. It's not the way that works. And in your mind, you're thinking you, you have this longevity. You have this unceasability because your likeness will remain. So to give a quick analogy, if I were to say to someone, ooh, take a picture of me. I'll live forever. And they take a picture of me, and here I am on their little photograph. Maybe I'm smiling. Maybe I'm petting a bunny. I don't know. I, whatever I may be doing, that is a picture of me doing it. Clearly, it is not me. And whether that picture gets printed or emailed to a thousand people or printed in a magazine, it's not me. It's a likeness of me. And so for someone to take everything I've ever said, if you could hypothetically do, if you could hypothetically take everything I've ever said, my voice has changed over the years. I'm not sure what has happened with it, but knowledge I've learned 
decisions I've made that's given me memories, that's given me a history, that's given me given me a framework to build upon. Again, going back to the next thing, which we all have, if my next thing can be based on my history, then you could, in essence, build a, let's say, a chatbot, the David chatbot. You'd ask me anything, and I would give you an unbiased answer based on my knowledge and history, all the vocabulary words I know, all the definitions, the way I would string together a sentence, the connections I've made about certain things, then that that would be a likeness of me. But it wouldn't be me, because my finite years will end one day, and I will no longer be here. And I will sleep until, well, my body will sleep until the resurrection. And so the scriptures that tell me to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, I'm leaning toward a spiritual being with the Lord until the resurrection because we do we are told so many times about the sleeping and if my body is already in a deceased state then I would not want to re-enter it animated unless it was the glorified body which would be what I'm looking for and then you have those who want to talk about raptures and so forth and I've never really been a big strong proponent of that the book I heard mentioned on uh, Derek Gilbert's View from the Bunker podcast David Lowe Earthquake Resurrection his synopsis of putting the scriptures together and the energies involved in resurrection and earthquakes makes the most sense to me as to a rising and raising of the dead and the saints and the rising and raising of those that are still here. That really is the only time that it makes sense scripturally when you put them together like he did. And that's where I'm leaning. I haven't read the book, but I got enough out of it that that's what it's talking about and that's the part I believe. But the Orchitariat, Orchitariat is going to be the notion that will be promoted for everybody to jump on, for everybody to be a part of. You may even be holding a type of Orchitariat in your hand. Another gentleman that was interviewed by Derek was mentioning the teraphim, or the personal gods that are mentioned in the Old Testament. They might even be mentioned in the New Testament. I'm, I'll have to look that up. But they took them everywhere. They talked to them. They pretended that they talked back. They might have even had little rituals for them. But his point was that they took them everywhere. And there's ample scriptural reference that they did. So, And he just pointed out how often do we take our phones with us. How often do we go without at least knowing where our phone is, much less is it on you or in your pocket or bag? So he downgraded to a flip phone, and I'm not telling anybody to do anything with their phones. I'm just pointing out that he made the connection or the inference of the teraphim being likened to our phones. And boy, if our phone started telling us what to do, wouldn't that be something? A little box telling you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And in a way, another gentleman I listened to pointed out how listening to that little box all the time will degrade your mental capabilities. And you think, oh, look at me, I'm so smart. Look at my little phone showing me how to get to my grandma's. Oh, that's so geeky or whatever. Well, if you're depending on that phone to get you to your grandma's without 
looking up some maps and understanding the road system in north, south, east, west, then you've taken that knowledge base that you had, taken that knowledge base that you've had, that you have, and you've given it away. You've given it to the gadget in a little box. Either way, you've given up, you've given away your ability to do something. Now it's handy. I've used it a number of times. And this same person pointed out the ability to solve math, not not necessarily complex math either, but simple math that people will, again, pull out that little box, that little phone, that little gadget, you know, open that calculator app in a second, or tip app, any kind of calculation that they've given away. They've given away that knowledge to, depending on that gadget in their pocket, to give them the answer or the result. So the more we give away, the less we retain. And this is going to come back to bite us really bad in the future. It's important to have a knowledge base that contains a lot of facets of the day-to-day, the functioning, how things work, the understanding of if this and that take place, what happens after that. Think of chemical reactions combining of certain metals in a certain percentage produces certain alloys with certain characteristics and strengths and weaknesses. And if you don't put them in the order that has been found out, then you get a different result with probably less than expected results or outcomes. So by now, the level of people that are awake, I believe, is growing. Is it too late to fix things? Well... I think the fixing of things is far, far gone. It's far too late to fix because the people that had it so good, had it so good for so long that they gave away their ability to care and they now have become older and in their age, they feel the need to not worry about others and they'll just worry about themselves. And so it's almost a not a self-fulfilling prophecy, but a a circular loop that spirals in on itself. So when you have populations declining because not enough kids are being born, cultures declining because the influx of other cultures to disperse within the original, it waters it down. It degrades it from what it was. And as the people who are awake attempt to do something. That's where I go back to the beginning when I was talking about knowing a lot and doing nothing with it is almost worse than being ignorant. Because if you're ignorant and you suffer, then that's terrible. But if you know better and you have to suffer and there was something you could have done and you didn't do it, that to me is just almost stupid. Whether we can change things or not on the global situation, I think we should strive to expose corruption. I think we should strive to promote good at all times. I think that the end will come when Father decides that it is time. I think that evil will be allowed to express itself in far greater, more spectacular ways that people will think it is fascinating. Yet, it will be more and more degradation, more and more of the numbers going into the lower areas of the chart that I mentioned. And the thing is, evil doesn't care. There's no empathy in it. And when you see people without empathy, then 
Am I asking you to question their goodness or their evilness? I mean, you can do whatever you want. I'm glad I have knowledge of that chart because it helps me to see where people might be on it. There are many people that I know that still need to wake up. There are many people that I know that are going to not fare very well if and when things go south. And at any given time is a good time to get the dishes washed. And I'm saying that in a veiled attempt to state a bigger picture, and that is if you have dirty dishes, go ahead and wash them while you've got running water, maybe electricity to heat that water. And then you've got clean dishes. Because if all of a sudden you don't have electricity, running water, sure, you can heat up water over a fire, but then you got to build a fire. So if you do your dishes right now, then you know if something happens, they'll be clean at least for that first time you use them. Now, to take that analogy back to the spiritual realm, I think it is prudent to have your spiritual destination not only mapped out, but have it reserved. Go ahead and make that reservation in heaven instead of waiting until the last minute. There may not be a last minute. There may not be a a moment that you can contemplate, what do I do? Oh, is it too late? The unknown after a person passes from this life to death, sleeping, resting, and to put your hope in humanity's attempt at hooking up little wires to your little brain and capturing your essence. I think I'll definitely depend on the Heavenly Father and His Spirit to take care of my body, soul, and spirit. Since the scriptures do say that's who we should fear, and not fear, but respect, and fear, but respect in the sense that he can cut the spirit and soul, that link. He's in charge of that link, not humans. And so for the people that are scrambling, oh man, they got they got the quantum computing and the AI, boy, they're just ready to go. And maybe they can accomplish something, you know, that'd be, that'd be neat. You know, to have a sentient robot. As long as it's cool, it doesn't do something stupid. It's kind of like sentient people. As long as they're cool, they don't do something stupid. I just don't want people, too many people, in charge of me or me being dependent on their gadgets to work. And we do. We trust a lot in man's achievements. Every time you get in a vehicle and drive, you, you expect it to perform the way the manufacturer intended. And that's where you get recalls and failures in the world is when it doesn't perform the way it was intended. But then you have failures as well, such as when chaos comes in and things break down or wear out, which is what our bodies do in this fallen state. And so to do things that deliberately take away from your health is, again, silly decision to make. But it's also silly to think that you're going to live forever and that you don't have to decide on your afterlife now. I would say let's decide on it sooner than later. And hope later takes a good long time because we're not promised to, we're not promised an infinite number of laters. Now we're infinite beings, we're just not infinite in these bodies. And so as we progress through this body and go into the rest, and then we await a resurrected body, you definitely want to be resurrected to life. That's what I would encourage everybody to choose. Anyway, look up Octariot, it's pretty cool. Also, I'll have something ready soon with this campfire story the next day and hopefully it'll be presentable or finished in a 
Well, I mean, I could finish it tonight if I was take the less than quality that I've been able to produce. But I want it to be a certain quality, so that's where I'm going to go with it. And either way, I'll, I'll have something. My goal is to have something up before the end of December. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it, Jim. Every time you tune in, I wish I had more regular recording time. It's just a choice that has to coincide with the lives of others. Anyway, you have a great night. Thanks for listening.